Generative AI may have hijacked its uh, Gartner's top strategic predictions for 2024, but according to the analysts, CEOs must empower a single responsible executive, such as the CISO, to tackle the challenge of malinformation across the organization. Now, for 2027, Gartner predicts that 45% of CISOs will rem uh, CISOs remits responsibilities will expand beyond cybersecurity due to increasing regulatory pressures and attack and an attack surface that is expanding rapidly. Now, with us today on Podcasts for Future CISO to talk about the strategic imperatives for CISOs in 2024 is Ms. Sylvia Lam Lesikin, Director of Information Security and Risk Management at Swire Coca-Cola. Sylvia, welcome to Podcasts for Future CISO. Thanks, Alan. Uh, if you could, uh, Tell us, what is that one cybersecurity that has proven to be the most effective in 2024, last year? Well, um, I believe in 2024, right? Um, no, the no, most let, let's look at 2023 first, sorry. Three. So what okay. is that one cybersecurity, uh, again, what is that one cybersecurity strategy that has proven to be the most effective in 2023? Okay. So last year, I believe the most effective cybersecurity strategy um, is the implementation of the zero trust architecture. So a lot of people talk about zero trust, right? Why is this the most effective? Because nowadays we approach a lot of attack surface and then the attacker getting smarter as well. So we face a lot of challenge. And then the zero trust approach is operates under the assumption that facts can exist both inside and outside the network which we definitely need to protect, not only looking at inside, looking at outside threats as well. So that's why I believe this one is a quite an important and effective strategy. <laughs> Thank you for that one. Yes, uh, very much true. Uh, zero trust has been a, a very interesting discussion for the last couple of years, actually. Now, if I look at your role, you've, you've mm -hmm. had a global role uh, for a while now, what is the most significant learning for you in 2023 as it relates to your role being a CISO for, for global organizations? Well, um, I think for myself, right, the most significant learning is about OT security, operational security, which I move from a e-commerce field, which I've been working for 15 years as a CISO, right? So since 2020, uh, 2022, Right, I joined Swire, end of the year, I joined Swire as the CISO. So what is the difference? Of course, right, coming for e-commerce, all the things are transaction, electronic transaction, to real manufacturing, FMCG, to the plants. Therefore, I will believe operational technology is definitely a new field for me. I often hear this issue that the CIOs and CISOs tend to be focused on the information technology side of it. So it's interesting that you're seeing now have working for Swire, which is, as you say, an FM, FMCG organization. Yeah. You're getting to experience the importance of uh, operational technology and security side of operational technology, which from my understanding, uh, there seems to be a, a big gap between who really is responsible for the security of operational technology. Anyway, we'll continue on with the discussion. So as a cybersecurity professional, if you could, could you name one thing that keeps you awake at night these days, especially in your new role? Well, I, I don't have a lot of things keep me awake at night, but I do, of course, right? Every CISO is the same. What they worry about is the data breach or major cyber 
attack in the organization touch wood put it this way yeah and then the potential damage to the organization reputation as you mentioned earlier on into introduction the regulatory requirements getting more and more and then defines the financial loss all this will come if you have a cyber attack depends on which regions right so this one and of course, the most important is the loss of customer consumers trust from us, right? So if we do the payment online on this, if we have a cyber attack, how do you ensure get back the confidence of the consumer? So this is also important as well. Okay. Now, as a cybersecurity professional, again, what would you say are your top three tips or recommendations mm -hmm. for people in your role to stay relevant? Uh, uh, but I need you to look at it from three perspectives, from the perspective mm -hmm. of your peers within the C-suites, from this perspective of the company as a whole, you represent Swire Coca-Cola, and last, of course, from the industry, because you know we are to get these days a community. It's no longer just a pure one. My company will provide everything. You normally have to, you depend on a lot of different suppliers to form an ecosystem that deliver products to you, the customers. So if you could, uh, three tips that you could recommend, or if you will. Well, I believe on the peers, right? So the peers, you need to have a good networking because you share the things, you share the information, you share the tips, right? There's a lot of cybersecurity vendor this day who is good, who's bad. You cannot try them all. You only work from word of mouth. So you learn from your peers, and then of course you share the information as well. And that's why conference, webinar it is a good way to go i attend quite a lot of conference myself in a way whether i can be an audience or i can be a speaker so i learned that and then you can network with others very good for so that one yeah from the peers right and then for the company well stay relevant you need to also understand the company's priority to stay relevant because for example a lot of company moving to gen ai this day so you need to also know what are the risks and opportunities of using Gen AI and how to protect your organization. You cannot be just like living in your own boss. Hey, I just do this and I don't know what my industry is doing, what my company is doing. That's not possible to stay. Yeah. And then, of course, the last one, the industry, right? You still have lots of information sharing, the fact intelligence, the news, right? Articles, all this. And then, of course, as a CISO or even security professional, you need to continuous learning to stay relevant, all of this. Okay, thank you for that. Fine. Uh, one more thing now, as a security professional yourself, which would you say is your, uh, among the many technologies that have been around and coming around, and you mentioned one of them, Gen, Gen AI, mm -hmm. which technology for you poses the biggest concern in 2024? Mm. Well, uh, I think on top of the list, right, definitely Gen AI. <laughs> yeah, and it is a hot topic. And then, wow, the company use it for leverage to generate a lot of business opportunity, same as the attacker. So they are also using Gen AI to wait to, well, generate a lot of real phishing emails, right? So they can do a massive attack or they can even use advanced technology, the Gen AI, to do a lot of things getting into the attack much quicker, even exposing the zero-day attack. They also use the AI as well. So that is my biggest concern. How do you make sure that your organization stays safe, right? Of course, you cannot say, hey, you cannot use Gen AI because this is what the business use. Otherwise, you don't have the business. You don't have your job. 
And what we need to do be openness to encourage, establish an openness culture in the organization. So if they have any new emerging technology, they will come to you to see, to discuss together what is the best way to use it and while to stay safe in the organization. Thank you for that one. You open up an interesting concept that because historically the security office or the security team is uh, sometimes viewed as the chief no officer. <laughs> you cannot do anything. They usually uh, innovation gets stopped by the security people because, well, for one thing, it is security. Security is a lot more. Uh, it's deeper than just in introducing a new technology or opening up new business models. Yeah. Every time we do something new, we generally have to look at it from a security perspective because the implications are a lot more, both financially and operationally, and of course, the brand perspective, the impact to the brand. And fin finally, we have to ask you this. What would you see will be the top three challenges of the CISO or the cyber security professional in 2024? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the first thing I would say that, well, uh, stress, burnout, that is the top chance because we have worked so long, right? We have lots of things to worry and then a lot of new things coming in. So definitely, I think the chance will be burnout. So need to just have fight a good balance. Yeah, to just get, sometimes get off, right? Off work and then have a clear mind to refresh again. Um, the second is um, talent, talent shortage. I think still after, still after the effect of it, it's difficult to find, especially in Hong Kong, to yeah. find the cybersecurity talent. Well, because you know a lot of some of them is moved out from Hong Kong, right? Moving to a lot of country. But the good thing is that when I'm sitting in Zwei, I have a global role. That's why I can hire in other company. Of course. Uh, that's why half of my team now in Hong Kong, half of them in China, Hong Kong. Wow. So I leverage the regional, yeah, to sort this out. Mm, and then the first thing I think is, uh, I mentioned before, the increased attack surface. So the increasing risk of an organization exposed to cyber attack. So all of the things that we gained, we developed, it imposes risk. So that's why we always need to look cybersecurity from a risk base. We cannot protect all, but we need to protect for those high risks. If I could add one more question here for you mm -hmm. before I ask Mel if she has any question for you. Now, you mentioned one of the most important uh, introductions in terms of security mm. for 2023 was zero trust, okay, yeah. zero trust networks, I guess. What about for 2024? What would you say will, from a technology perspective, what, what, which technology are you looking for to implement mm -hmm. if it's already available or if not available, what kind of technology are you hoping the industry, the, the IT industry will produce that would help you in your role as a cybersecurity professional? Well, the strategy, I would say that, I would say that hopefully we can have, since my role has been moved to more FMCG, so looking more on the OT side. So hopefully we have more maturity OT security products or more holistic OT security products for us to have an overview of both IT and OT risk. That, that's a very nice one. Thank you for that. Uh, Mel, do you have any questions for Sylvia? Yes, hi, Sylvia. Regarding the cybersecurity um, talent or skills gap, do you have some initiatives in your organization to help bridge this gap? 
Yeah, we do. Um, actually, some of the recruitment, right, or the junior position when I recruit the team, it doesn't require you have a degree in computer. Some of them have background of law, because part of my my role is on risk management. So if you are on risk management, you probably on compliance. So more legal background will be good as well. And then they can develop the technology background later. So we have a mix of this to increase our candidate reach. And then of course, right, I do a lot of quite a lot of promotion in the uh, Polytechnic, Hong Kong Polytechnic, which I'm the mentor of it, uh, promotes the security. Hopefully, when they graduate, right, they can start moving to the security field. Yeah, I know a lot of undergrad right now is just like all this, uh, well, I would say cool, chill technology, like big data, gen AI. So we need to promote more on cyber security to get them in the field. And of course, we offer intern, internship as well which also working with the, well, uh, university institutes to get the internship here. Very interesting initiative there. And then congratulations for being a mentor at the Hong Kong Poly, Poly U. Okay. Thank you. Hopefully. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, but I would imagine that at least uh, there should be interest because there's a lot more pay in the security space, I imagine, given the shortage. So the, the economics of, uh, you know, the economics of uh, when you don't have enough people, usually you mm -hmm. are willing to pay a little bit more to get the right people into the industry. But it's interesting also your your use of uh, your approach to uh, hiring professionals with different backgrounds mm -hmm. as opposed to pure IT, uh, you know, that, that you're hiring lawyers. And you're right, compliance is becoming an even more mm -hmm. important issue. And it's maybe easier if you have somebody with um with the knowledge already of the you know, regulation and or the thinking, how to think like a lawyer and how to think on the legal side, uh, as opposed to, I mean, we can always teach people tech. It's easy enough as you go along. Okay. Mel, any more question for Sylvia? Sylvia, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CISO. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mel. That was Ms. Sylvia Lam Lesikan, Director of Information Security and Risk Management at Swire Coca-Cola on the topic of strategic imperatives for CISOs in 2024. You are listening to the podcast for future CISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CISO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CISO. Bye for now.